0: Flood, deluge, wealth, abundance. Words that our journalists keep using to describe one of the biggest movers of energy prices this winter. That's LNG. But not only is LNG flooding European gas markets, it's also taken over energy news publications all over Europe. So, how do we come up with new? fresh ideas to keep writing about something that's getting so much constant coverage. I'm Miriam Sears, and I'm taking you into the newsroom. So I must admit, I really did look up all sorts of our stories to look at what sorts of adjectives we were using to talk about LNG, (laughs) this deluge of LNG supply into uh, European uh, markets this winter so that I could do that introduction. Oh my God, all
1: of those synonyms.
0: The reason why I wanted to chat to you, Julie, for for this podcast was I thought it was a, a really interesting, not only thinking about the Uh, wealth of LNG supply into Europe this winter and how we kind of cover that when everyone else is writing about the same thing but I thought it's also interesting to think about how where do we get our story ideas from Um, when you start as a new journalist anywhere that's one of the scariest things almost this pressure to come up with a new story idea that you can pitch to your editors and they can say yes that's a great idea let's run with it. Um, I remember in my first job out of uni I was working at a local newspaper and it was just the hardest thing in the world to come up with a story idea uh, to, to write about something that was happening in the town. But I don't know if this has been your experience Julie but you kind of get into the habit of keeping your eyes open and your ears open and looking for things and learning to trust the curiosity instinct that you might have um, when you're looking for story ideas.
1: Yeah, sure. And I think it can be particularly hard, like I had it particularly hard starting here because we do have quite a narrow focus, I think it would be fair to say. Um, but it's like everything else. The more you know about something, the more you think about something, and the more you do get just interested in what's going on. Yeah. And reading something, talking to our colleagues, like just mm. it makes it a lot easier to come up with things. Sometimes we we fight over the ideas though. Especially <laughs> the things like this when they're when they're quite broad. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, anyone could technically cover it, but I got there first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good work. <laughs> yeah i i I found that the more you know a subject and and also the more you're talking about the people who are experts in that field as well then then that's when you start getting ideas or or start asking questions that could very well turn into a story so that's what happened here um uh, with this topic that we're talking about today um about uh lng supply and uh this series that you've been writing about a bit of an outlook into what production means for supply into Europe going forward. Um, Just, uh, I guess, to just ground us for this podcast, do you want to um, kind of explain, uh, maybe just in one sentence, what the topic has been that you've been covering or what is the story that we're talking about today?
1: Um, Basically, the influx, deluge, whatever word you (laughs) want to use for it, um, of LNG to Europe this winter and why we've been getting that and particularly production, global production, increases and where they are and where they're going. That might not have been one sentence, it was quite rambling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll allow it. Uh, And and I mean, so this isn't a new subject. We've been writing about this a lot, and not just us, other publications as well, uh, because it's something that's basically squashed the price of gas all across Europe um, is this constant uh, influx of LNG. So what was it about this particular series that you thought was going to be unique about uh, covering this story?
1: I think it was that we hadn't really been coming at it from this angle, and I think it's something that maybe got missed. um, That we got bogged down, I think, in Asian prices are low, therefore the, the LNG is coming to Europe so that people can make a profit. Hmm. and what we hadn't looked at was the fact that global production was increasing and therefore there was more LNG to go everywhere.
0: So where did you get this idea from?
1: Uh, I went to a presentation. We do a lot of kind of in-house presentations here, as you know, Um, and... Um, Ed Cox, who's the head of Global LNG here, he was talking to us about how to cover LNG better, essentially. Mm-hmm. And obviously it worked. <laughs> <laughs> if <laughs> you do say so you blow so. my own hair here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he was talking about the fact that, as I said, like there's all this new global production coming online mm. and yeah, it just interested me because it seemed like so much more of a long-term story and with long-term
0: impacts Hmm. so you you've curiosity has been sparked you have this question about maybe we should cover production um and, and what's happening there how what did you do next like where do you go from having that little spark of an idea to turning it into a fully fledged story
1: I went back to Ed because he was the one who gave me the idea. So I figured he'd know kind of where I should go next with it. And he just pointed me in the direction of some data and also to the analysts in his team who could help me with interpreting it.
0: Great. And you say he pointed you in the direction of data. What was I mean, this was essentially a data driven story. So what data did you look at? Uh, to try to get your head around um, what you wanted to write about it was
1: mostly historical production data and supply forecasts which our team creates here in house and also some data which I'd already been looking at which I brought into the fold Mm -hmm. um, which is collated from all sorts of TSOs and just everywhere really that's about the general shares of LNG, pipe gas, and domestic supply into Europe, and and kind of what what percentage terms, how much we're getting from each place.
0: So that's actually uh, a ton of data that you're looking at there. I mean, it comes from uh, many different sources. So even that piped gas into Europe compared to LNG supply comes from. Uh, you know, each country will will publish that, and we've yeah. collated that into one kind of source or, yeah. or document, and then you're looking at uh, production figures uh, from uh, the different LNG producers, and and bringing that into the fold, and also looking at this in house tool that we have that looks at uh, forecast, um, and 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 the data that underpins that is quite complex to, to throw out these um, really sophisticated forecasts at what might happen next winter. So how did you, you you're looking at this wealth of data and numbers, and, and how do you then, like what what was standing out for you as the stories that you needed to tell in all of that?
1: I started splitting it up by country, Yeah, just seemed as good a place to start as any um as you say that i mean that spreadsheet that i have that covers the percentages of of different supply sources to europe that's got about 150 data points that feed into it Mm. so yeah it's a lot of data (laughs) um and and country-wise is a good way to split things up Mm. um so yeah started looking at us lng because that was something that ed had been talking about as being us and us production really really increasing both this year and then particularly for the rest of this year, we we're gonna probably have about double as much LNG next winter as this winter. so that's mm. a really big change. So started doing that and then just started working my way through essentially kind of the major <laughs> Euro, uh, LNG suppliers to Europe.
0: yeah. And what resulted it was uh, a, a three part series. It's three parts right? It's three parts, um, yeah, well,
1: and then there's a spinoff. Okay. <laughs> there's always going to be ending. spinoffs. <laughs> Basically, yeah. looking
0: at uh, like an outlook for these different regions on uh, their production and the what we can expect going forward uh, for LNG supply, just from a production perspective. Um, I think the, the the I guess the challenge when you're writing data stories is. Uh, interpreting the data and um and doing it in a kind of mature way where you're not just chucking data onto a page and saying this happened last year and therefore it must happen this year how do you treat that data with balance and perspective
1: i think it's just looking at the context and obviously we're all looking at the markets all the time uh, so we're quite well versed in what's going on, um, what has made this winter special and what made last winter special. And let's face it, every winter is special for some reason. <laughs> There's always something weird going on. Yeah. And some of our new starters are like, oh, I'm not, I'm not starting in a normal time period. How will I ever learn? it's like there is no normal time period there are there are patterns but there is nothing nothing's ever normal yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah looking at the context and kind of what different scenarios might do to affect how these kind of points that we can ascertain from the data um how those actually will impact markets Mm. and pricing and supply
0: okay and were there any red flags or danger zones uh in, in this particular story that you were looking at that m- might have tempted you into writing a story that might not have been entirely balanced?
1: Sure. I mean, I guess the, the danger zones are get, getting too fixated on what the data shows and what and making too many um, kind of inferences from mm. the data. So, for instance, we know how much US energy went to Europe and we in the last winter, and we also know how much US LNG there is likely to be mm-hmm. next winter, so we could do kind of a straight calculation and say we're going to get this much US LNG to Europe, but that US LNG doesn't necessarily have a destination yet, mm-hmm. so we have to look into the fact that 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 we could get less or we could get more of a share of the new lng than we have so far
0: and so much could happen between now and next winter that we just don't know (laughs) like another beast from the east or uh storage sites could get so full that um i don't know they explode or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) All, all of those things are a possibility
0: the other thing that we haven't really spoken about is it's a it's obviously a data story um uh how do you present that speaking from my from my own experience just straight stories that are full of numbers are really hard to read so um were you thinking about how to display your data or your findings in a way that would be easy to digest
1: sure um always try and have some kind of a graph um, or a visualization with this kind of story and what what kind of a graph that is has really depended on what the story itself is telling. Because while these three stories that I'm writing have been a series, the different countries all have their own eccentricities, and they all, so it's a different story each time, which requires a different kind of graph. Uh, some of the things that have worked really well just pr- showing people that supply forecast, mm. so because that can be just a really nice way of showing there is a whole lot more LNG expected next winter than this winter. Yeah. Um, also, another thing that's quite nice when you're looking at the relationship between different sources is a percentage bar, so you can see how one source is really starting to overtake another, and I use that with the Russian LNG. Hmm.
0: Um, and often that tells a the story more effectively than trying to sift through the numbers and come to that conclusion yourself doesn't it
1: absolutely um you'll find actually these stories even though they're data driven stories they don't have a lot of numbers in the text because mm. writing out a lot of numbers i certainly don't read them all if if i see something that's got this percentage and this volume and then this number and this number and this number and i oh, i'll send that story away I w- i'll close that i won't yeah. be reading
0: it yeah yeah Um, but yeah I guess you still need to do that legwork of collecting those numbers in order to write the story well Um, Absolutely, it's just a matter of trying not to drown your reader with um, (laughs) death by numbers
1: absolutely yeah
0: we'd better finish there Um, but it's been really interesting to chat about uh, I guess all of the different aspects of putting together a data story right from coming up with the idea in the first place to Um, how to present the story uh, uh, to readers. Keep on listening uh, to this Into the Newsroom podcast where I will be continuing to chat to our journalists here about their analysis that they're writing, but also their investigations and taking you into the stories behind the news that we write about and publish here at ISIS.